Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome to the Hang Time Podcast. I'm your host, Sekou Smith, here in the Orlando bubble, getting ready for the NBA Finals. The Lakers Heat NBA Finals, we never got in 2013. We're getting it now. You know, I'm going to call this the Pandemic Finals, the one that everybody should be locked into. My man, Chris Haynes from Yahoo Sports, the NBA Insider's Insider is joining me on the podcast today. See, what's up, man? How you feeling this morning? I was feeling good until I seen, I looked at the NBA final schedule, and I, I liked the schedule going up to game four. But after game four, I had a problem. Wait, wait, wait. We even started this final schedule. You're talking about problems. What's... Yeah, let me tell you the problem. So from game one to game four, all the games are every other day. Mm-hmm. After game four, between game four and game five, there's three days off. I have a problem with that, Sekou. Game four <laughs> is on the sixth. Game five is on the ninth. Sekou, we don't need to be messing up the system. Let's get out of here, man. These guys don't need – there's no traveling in between. And what they need three days off before the next game, man. Wait, wait a minute. So you, so you need, you need a sweep. Then is what you're saying. Somebody got to get swept in the finals. I'm gonna say this, man. Say cool. I don't care who wins game one, but whoever wins game one, I'm not saying I'm rooting for anybody, <laughs> but I wouldn't mind for them to win the next three, so we can get out of here. Say cool, <laughs> Chris. Seriously, how long? Have, how many days have you been? I know you're counting. How many days have you been in the bubble? Not that I'm counting or anything, but today is 91. Wow. It might be 92. It might be, I think it's 92. I mean, you've been here longer than damn near anybody. And you look at the Lakers, you look at LeBron James in year 17, grinding his way to another finals, 10th of his career. What goes through your mind thinking about what it took for him to get on that horse and ride it through this crazy wild pandemic season I covered LeBron in the the first year that he went back to Cleveland so I believe that was 14-15 season or maybe 15-16 yeah 14-15 okay and that year it was early on it was like two months into that season he started having back issues and at that time Brian had never been out set out any extended amount of time and I believe he was out for like two weeks at that point. Mm-hmm. And he just was not himself. Like his game wasn't there. You could tell something was bothering him. Or you can say that, you know, he was slowing down. And I thought I would cover the decline. Mm. I never thought we'll be here in 2020. And LeBron is still arguably the best player in the game. And going to his 10th NBA Finals like and leading the team to the 10th NBA Finals. So 
I'm I'm impressed. Like I'm 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 shocked. I didn't see this six years ago. What he's doing is unprecedented um, at this rate, at this efficiency level. And uh, you know, look, man, three different teams to the NBA Finals, man. You know that nobody's done that. Yeah, you you said arguably the best player. That's been a very interesting conversation down here. LeBron waded into it after the MVP was announced that, that Giannis had won his second straight. LeBron had some pointed remarks for those of us who are voters. Those of us who didn't vote in the way he felt they, that we should have. D- did you think the case was, was that rock solid for him to be MVP over LeBron, over Giannis? I know you voted for LeBron. Um, all our votes out there, I voted for Giannis. Did you agree with his assessment of the balloting process and how the MVP went down? I say arguable because I think he's the best still right now. But I say arguable because obviously there's a there's a ton of people who feel otherwise. But as we turn to the ballot, I, w- I was surprised that he only got 16. I was. Giannis deserved to win. I personally, you know, I, I voted for LeBron because, um, you know, I just think that the Lakers, you know, they're definitely not in that position without him, you know, playing point guard position full time like that. At this stage of his career, I think was impressing the numbers that he put up, led the league in assists, you know, and definitely Giannis had a, you know, a historic efficiency type season. And so I didn't have no qualms about Giannis getting that. And I think LeBron, like, he didn't say that Giannis shouldn't deserve that MVP. He's saying that the discrepancy shouldn't have been that drastic. Right. <laughs> he, only, he only got 16 of the 101 votes. Right. That was his, that was his issue with it. And, you know, could he have handled it different? It didn't, didn't come off as that he's raining on Giannis parade. It, it might have came off like that, but he, he was just disappointed with the, the lack of first place votes that he received. Not necessarily miffed or irritated that Giannis won. Right. The great ones always need a chip on the shoulder, something to, to, to motivate him. I would imagine that after all LeBron has done throughout the course of his career, he could have shifted in the second gear by now and said, you know what? I'm, I'm on Mount Rushmore. I'm in that conversation for the greatest player ever. Take it easy. Let somebody else do the heavy lifting. Why do you think he's never done that? Well, Brian is still in the game and he understands what the greats have accomplished before him. He understands what the greats have accomplished, you know, you know, the guys that he's played with and he wants to be the greatest. And so when you have a guy who knows his history and, you know, knows the the struggle that they went through and gone, he wants to make sure when his career is all said and done that you mention him as the greatest or in a conversation with the greatest. And so he just has that pursuit. He just has that desire. I mean, the story is out. Already, I mean, just like how he finished, you know, he finished game five. And so, you know, he came up to me before game five of the Western Conference Finals, right before the game. You know, he's warming up. Mm-hmm. And he's he looks off into a distance and he spots me. And, you know, he comes over and talks to me. And, you know, that's – say, cool, you, you've been in the league. That's – that rarely happens. Like, players, they're focused yeah. running their warm-ups. You know what I mean? But he made, he made a point to come over and was like, I'm going to end this shit tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, all right, you know what I mean? I'm like, okay, do you know, do what you do, you know, give ain't no pushover. We've seen them already, you know, come back from three one deficits twice in advance. 
And so, you know, he did his thing. In the fourth quarter, he showed out offensively and defensively. Then after the game, you know, he walks past me. What I tell you? You know what I mean? So he he's just like on a relentless pursuit to like do things that no one's ever done. But if you think about it, say cool, like he's done. We talk about LeBron all the time, you know, when we ride and talking about the league. Yeah. You know, he's uh come back from three, you know, what was it, three one deficit uh three one deficit to the Warriors, yeah. Warriors. Um, three different teams, you know, he can he has a chance to you know accomplish. Um, you know, and, and then just nobody's done it this way. And we could talk about all the times he's lost in the finals, but you know, he's won some hard championships, like some hard championships. And so, and this one right here, I know people may say, well, it's the bubble, but look, man, everybody who came to the bubble was trying their hardest to win every single game. You know what I mean? Everybody had the same set of circumstances. So uh, I'm interested to see how this thing is going to play out. The Lakers have that look, Chris, like, you know, we watched the, the series with Denver and you watch a team that was playing as effortless and just drama free as Denver was. I mean, they was out there just letting it go. Like you could tell by game four, physically, the pounding they were taking from the Lakers started wearing on them. Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee, LeBron is 6'9", 260. Anthony Davis is damn near seven feet tall. I mean, you can see where the size and the physicality of the Lakers can wear a team down. Is, is that what they're going to use, do you think, in this finals against a Miami team that can't match up size-wise? We can see that on the hoof. Is that what their, what their decided advantage is to you in the finals, just being the bigger, more physical team? You know what? I don't know. I think it, it has the possibility to be the opposite in the series. And the reason I say that is because, you know, Denver with Jokic, obviously it, it's in the it plays in the hands of the Lakers because they have bodies. You know, everything runs through, for the most part, everything had ran through Jokic. But Jamal Burry has been on such a tear that, you know, the ball was in his hands uh, for the playmaking responsibilities a lot more in the series. But if you look at Miami, Bam is really a power forward, but he's their center. Yeah. Then they go small the rest of the way with Jimmy Butler, Jay Crowder, Duncan, and, and Dragic. So this could be a series where you don't see a lot of time from JaVale, Dwight Howard. This may be the series that AD has to start at center, you know, match up with Bam, and then, you know, go LeBron and, and the rest of the way. And so it, it depends. I think game one, obviously, has to fill that period. I think both teams want to come out and, uh, just go with their usual start lineup. Whether the Lakers go with JaVale or Dwight in game one. But I just I just think that the small ball that Miami plays, and they really don't have a big man. And if you look at their, their backup center, you know, it's really Kelly Olenek, and he's a stretch five. And so they really don't have a traditional big man. That's where I can see the Lakers going small and, and playing a little bit more small ball than they did even in the Houston series. So, Chris, we saw the Lakers play a small ball team in, in Houston where AD's advantage was what it was. But are you suspect of all of this notion that AD is going to continue to play out on the three-point line in this series? Like, wouldn't he – wouldn't you need him to attack the Heat at their strength, which is Bam, which is making Bam work on both ends, getting Bam in foul trouble – you know, making Bam be the one that, you know, decides whether or not Miami can compete and stay in this series? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that matchup. But I'll say this. You know, AD is not the type that bangs and bangs and, and bruises that, you know, gets points inside the paint. Yeah, he's a post player, but he's a guy who faces up from the outside and tries to, you know, take you off the drive. And uh, we talk about AD playing center, you know, that I feel like this might be a time where he may have to start at some point at center in this series. I believe it was the Houston series. They, that's when they started implementing Marquise Morris. And so you, and they had Marquise Morris and AD in the front court. And I'm like, okay, this is a nice lineup. You know, AD at the five and Marquise, you know, AD hates playing the five. And so after the game, Frank Vogel was like, they, they asked him about Marquise Morris, like, what, what was his contribution? They was like, oh, yeah, Marquise did a great job, of, you know, coming in and playing the five. He's like, hold on. AD was clearly playing the five, but they, they were not verbally saying that AD is playing the five. That's going to be really intriguing because, you know, Bam is the facilitator of that team. You know, he really is. You know, Jimmy Butler does a lot, but Bam, like, he's not there with Jokic when you talk about passing, but that guy has an eye for the court, man. He's a couple of players ahead of, of the opponent, you know, when it comes to just making plays. And so if, if AD can get Bam in foul trouble, it's going to be tough for Miami to generate offense because I know Jimmy can do it, but he can't be the only one. And Dragic is on a tear. You yeah. know, a lot of us thought that his best days were behind him. He's showing that he still has a lot of left in the tank. But as far as playmaking ability, you know, that's Bam and, and Jimmy. And some will argue even more so Bam. I can't get out of my mind, Chris, the idea of Pat Riley up there behind that glass watching this team, this Heat team that he put together in the aftermath of LeBron, D-Wade, and Bosh doing what they did for the Heat. Pat Riley watching now, seeing LeBron on the other side playing with the old franchise that he led to mad championships, you know, in a previous era. That's to me, that's the my favorite storyline of this whole thing is wondering what is what's going through Pat Riley's head watching these games, watching his young boys and Jimmy Butler go at LeBron and the Lakers. I'm I'm curious what you think would be floating in the air for Pat Riley behind that plexiglass as he's trying to put a hole in, in LeBron's plans to win another championship. No doubt that's gonna be a storyline. Throughout this series, I mean, damn, you know, Rachel Rachel Nichols asked and exposed a question about LeBron yeah. uh, right after the right after the game. But I'll say this: this storyline is really diluted for me. Like, mm. it's really hard to to put it all together when we're in the bubble. It's not, you know, it, I mean, we're in the bubble. There's really no one on that team who played with LeBron except for Giannis Haslam. You know what I mean? And so it, it takes a lot of luster out for me. But there's no doubt, you know, I'm going to have to write a few stories about it. Uh, <laughs> I have to, you know what I mean? <laughs> I can't avoid it. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, damn, it's a totally different team. We're in the bubble. You can't go to Miami. You know what I mean? Like, LeBron's <laughs> not going to experience, he's not going to experience the fans going crazy. And nobody's going to Miami or Florida anyway. Because everything is free right now. You know what I mean? They partying right now. So we ain't trying to go. Florida is wild, man. Florida is wild. Like, if Miami wins a championship, there's going to be a celebration. There's going to be a parade. 
I don't think the Heat players are going to be there. But Florida's going to have a parade, a celebration. But Pat Riley, you know, one of the most serious competitors we have, you know, in this industry, player, non-player. Um, you know, to have a fifth seed go to the NBA Finals, I don't know if this is surprise, surprises Pat or not, but there's no doubt, man, he wants to take LeBron down. Like, he wants to um, – we know how things ended in Miami with LeBron and him. And so you think Pat Riley doesn't relish the opportunity to take LeBron out, and you know his first time, you know Pat Riley's old stomping grounds with the Lakers, and LeBron's first year in the finals with the Lakers. You know you can leave a true stain that will can't be removed. No bleach can take this stain out. You can put a real stain on LeBron James's legacy. You don't think Pat Riley? <laughs> you don't think Pat Riley is up for that, man? And so. There's no doubt he's going to have some a few pep talks for two uh, with his team before they tip off. The one thing I appreciate about LeBron, maybe more so now than I, than I did early in his career, and and I think he doesn't get enough credit for it, is I can't think Chris other than maybe Kobe in, in my lifetime covering the league. You know, in, in the two decades I've been around the NBA, I can't think of another player who was more present in his own career in terms of understanding his place, how his every move is impacting his legacy, you know, what it means, how it translates beyond just his team. You know, you hear players all the time talking about, I, don't, I only care about this team. I don't care about what goes on outside this locker room. I, we know better. We know LeBron understands his impact far beyond just his team and the organization he's with. What do you think it means to him and, and to his legacy to be back in the finals now when, when a lot of people, I, somebody asked him about that the other night, the Wash King narrative and this idea that it was a wrap. You mentioned it, you know, you, you thought you might've been covering his last hurrah in Cleveland. Um, what do you think it means to LeBron now at 35, knowing that the end is closer than anybody wants to believe? Like how does this trip to the finals resonate with him he, like I said he understands history and his place and you know he's a basketball fanatic and what I mean when I'm talking about he, he understands what the accomplishments of the greats uh that played before him and, and currently but he watches a lot of basketball like you know there's there's players in the NBA who I'm not gonna name names obviously but you know they just play the game and they go home like they not watching other teams play. They're, they're not, they, like, they don't love the game like that. You know what I mean? He watches the game. You know, he talks about, he watched every NBA Finals that he wasn't a part of. He watches, yeah. the, he watches playoff games. Um, you know, so he's a fan of the game. He's immersed in this. This is him. But he also understands his place within the league. He understands his place as being one of the, being the face of the league. Uh, you know, obviously it, it speaks to, you know, what he's been doing outside of basketball as well. Right now, he's big on, you know, voter suppression and making sure uh, there's locations out there for people to vote. Uh, he's involved in making sure um, people who are convicted felons and making sure that uh, they, they have access to voting as well and trying to see what resources they can help um, get them so they can, um, you know, certain felons, have fines they have to pay, you know, in order before they start voting, you know. So he's helping out with that. Uh, but look, man, say cool, man. This dude, he's different, man. He's a different breed. I've covered, I've been blessed 
to cover, you know, some really great players, man. Really great players. I mean, just as a beat guy, day to day, you know, Portland, Damian Lillard, CJ, Cleveland, you know, LeBron, Kyrie, Kevin Love, Golden State, Stephen Curry, Kevin Durant, Jamar Green, Clay Thompson. You know, all of them have their own levels of greatness. But it's, it's something different about Bron. Let me, let me tell you about this right real quick. When LeBron walks into a room, you've seen it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it, it, you feel his presence. You know what I mean? Like, it's just different. When he walks in the room, you feel his presence. And he doesn't have to say anything. And it's just a different allure about him than, than other people. I think other players are like, you know, they're stars, they're superstars, but they're more relatable, maybe. And mm-hmm. you don't feel like LeBron. And I, and I would think, I've never covered Michael Jordan. And I would love to, you know, watching that MJ documentary, I would love to, you know, have the opportunity to do that back in the day. But I would imagine that's the kind of feel you have when MJ walked into the room. You just felt his presence. And that, he's just a different cat. Yeah, that's that's a great way of describing it. You know, it's funny. When I first got here and went to Lakers practice, and, you know, we kind of standing around watching them shoot, do whatever their routine was at the end of practice. I have to always remind myself how much bigger – LeBron is on the hoof than you realize. Like, because mm-hmm. he's playing on the perimeter now. You know, you see him out there handling the ball, you're not recognizing <clears throat> this dude is 6'9, 260, not a drop of fat on him. And at 35, he can catch a rebound and head up the court and beat everybody up the floor still 17 years in. When you talk about him being just different, Chris, I'm still struck at how different he is as just as a player. It's not one specific skill. It's just kind of the whole package of LeBron. This dude is just different from the average ball player that's been on the court during his era and maybe all time. The physical presence, the physical specimen that they are. You know what I mean? Like, these aren't dudes you see every day. And I think that's another part to, you know, on top of them being great players, on top of them just having this type of leadership role about them, the way they're built. You add all that together, and you're like, damn, okay, maybe that's the reason why we don't look at Steph or Clay and them in that, in that regard, because they're like that regular Steph to blend in with anybody. You know what yeah. I mean? He can blend in with anybody. But this is a 6'9", 260 guy, and just like the same allure as Zion Williamson. Like, we don't understand, like, how is this dude 6'5", or whatever he is, Two, I'm not even gonna put a number. I don't know. <laughs> not, I don't want to disrespect nobody. <laughs> numbers could be, you know, some people take a fist in these numbers we put out there. I don't know. But the dude is, you know, he's a specialist and he's getting up. Like we have never seen anybody get up for somebody who looks like that. And right. so you're always in awe of somebody like that. And when they walk you in the room, you're like, damn. It's I mean, it's fascinating. I think the bubble has heightened to all of the the observations we have, man. I'm, as I mentioned, when we crank this thing up, you are, you are officially the insider's insider. And I've been doing this a long time. I ain't never seen a dude work the room and, and work his, I don't even know what to call them. They're not your constituents, but it's like, you're damn near a politician now, man. You, <laughs> you might be on the ballot November 3rd. Uh, <laughs> for the bubble president. You got, you got this joint on lock. Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports. Man. Look, what time are we riding today? 
when we get sure. on the bikes. You let me know. You let me. I'm riding with you today, say cool. I ain't leaving you, man. I'm not leaving. <laughs> I'm not leaving you today. Say cool. You got hold on. You got to inform them about the, the riding crew. How we get there? No doubt. We got so we got a, a crew down here in the bubble. Um, Chris, John Scott from uh, from Turner, who works with us at Turner, crazy talented dude. Mark Spears of the undefeated. Morgan Mitchell occasionally blesses us with her presence. Myself bringing up the rear all the time because I'm the oldest, shortest, <laughs> and slowest, and worst, and in the worst shape of the bunch. Oh man! And we see a little bit of everybody, Chris, on these rides. I don't know how we're gonna be able to tell these stories years from now. James Capers might not want us to tell these stories, given the language <laughs> he's occasionally used on our on our trips. <laughs> Appreciate you, Hayes, man. Look, look, I'll meet you in the parking lot. I'm getting, I'm getting my bike. I'm getting on the bike now. Heading to the parking lot. I see you out there, bro. Appreciate you, man. Chris Hayes from Yahoo Sports. The insiders insider joining us here on the Hangtime Podcast. Y'all tune in. We'll be back later this week to talk Miami Heat with Steve Smith of NBA TV and TNT. We'll get cranked up and ready for this NBA Finals. Should be epic. Los Angeles Lakers and the Miami Heat. <laughs>